Hey friend, welcome to the broadcast today. Thank you so much for being a part of our listening audience. Let me encourage you to grab your Bibles. Bible Tract Echoes. Of course, we talk a lot about evangelistic endeavors. We talk about using gospel tracts. We talk about our ministry, Bible Tracts Incorporated. Been around for over 80 years. Today, though, we're going to dive into a little bit of a message, a thought from Daniel chapter 3. I'm going to ask you to tag along, to come along for the ride. We began here Monday and Tuesday. We continued. Today, we're really getting getting into the meat of this subject. Why? Why, though, are we in Daniel chapter 3? It's because there's many of us, and I find myself in this camp as well. It's so easy to turn our face away from what we see, what we know, I should say, as wrong. Sometimes it's easy to just gloss over. Sometimes it's also kind of a slippery slope to take just one more step and passively participate in that which is, to be blunt, is sin, is wrong. We try to do it by omission. We're not sinning by commission. We're not actively going out and seeking how to be wrongdoers, unrighteous, but sometimes we just go along to get along. And can I tell you, we learned yesterday for just a moment that the world has some requirements for you. Sometimes the world wants you to go along to get along, and the world doesn't take too kindly to especially those of a Bible-believing faith, those called Christians, people of the book. The world doesn't take kindly to those that stand against it, meaning the world. We're going to learn today from three young men how they overcame the stigma, how they overcame the sidelong glances, how they overcame the threat of imminent death. Grab your Bibles, Daniel chapter 3. While you're turning there, let me tell you about the gospel tract I'm holding in my hand. You say, Brother Micah, are you ever going to stop talking about gospel tracts? Well, the day that I stop believing that they work might be that day. But it seems somehow we continue to hear from people every week, at least to my knowledge, every week that I've been a part of the Ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated as the director. Now for a little over two years, we have people let us know they've accepted Christ. And the trend has been that the more people that use gospel tracts, this is really fascinating stuff, the more people that use gospel tracts, the more people let us know they've gotten saved because of gospel tracts. It's funny how that works out, huh? In all seriousness, I'll cut the sarcasm, we have people from all 50 states, from numerous countries that have told us, they've contacted us either through the mail or online. We, we've, of course, started to grow our web presence in an even greater way. I'm excited to tell you more about that in the coming days. But we've had people tell us, hey, I made a decision for Christ. I got saved. Or maybe even they just say, I have more questions. I don't quite understand this thing yet. So I'm not going to stop talking about gospel tracks anytime soon. I have with me one called Coupon Faith. On the front, it almost looks like a coupon. It says, best deal ever, 100% off. Claim it now. What is that free gift? Well, if you guessed the free gift of salvation, you would be correct. Ding, ding, ding. Let me encourage you. Use this gospel tract. It might be a good one to pass out in the grocery store. Maybe give to the cashier next time you're checking out there. Maybe next time you're going through a drive-up window. It's eye-catching, but it has the information laid out in a great way. The text, the font is not super small. It's not just a wall of text. There's even different color on the inside. 
and it might be a help to you in your endeavor to evangelize a lost and a dying world. Go to BibleTracksInc.org today. BibleTracksInc.org. You can order this gospel track titled Coupon Faith. We give them away for free. You say, how does that work? Well, we survive by the generous giving of God's people, but more so by the grace of God. God has his hand on this work. That's the only way it survives. It's not by the smoothness of my voice. Certainly not. It's not by some gravitas or profundity that I bring to this broadcast. No. If that was all that we had to rely on, this thing would have folded a long time ago. It's not the charisma of our founder. It's not the personality that Dr. Paul Levine had. No, friend. It's his grace. And I believe we serve a unique purpose. Our desire is to see lost people come to Christ through the use of gospel tracts, and we provide them for free to Christian workers just like you. If you don't know Christ as your Savior, we'd love to hear from you. At the close of this broadcast, the announcer will come on and tell you all kinds of ways that you can contact us. In the meanwhile, though, grab your Bibles. Turn to Daniel chapter 3. Of course, we learned recently that Nebuchadnezzar, a narcissistic despot, very self-involved, this kind of selfish man, uh, the king of the entire known world, emperor, if you will. This Nebuchadnezzar, he built, had built, commissioned a massive statue made of gold, 90 feet or thereabouts tall, an image, very likely of himself. And he required, he demanded, he had the herald cry out that when you hear the music, the the cue was the music, everyone will fall down and worship this image. Well, that's a little selfish. That's a little self-obsessed, don't you think? Well, the nation's decision was to obey. In Daniel chapter 3 and verse 7, they fell down when the music was heard ringing out They didn't think twice. They fell to their face and worshipped. There was a necessary division, though. The young men, three young men to be precise, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, their Hebrew names were, those young men, they stayed standing. And Nebuchadnezzar heard about it. Some suck-ups came to him and said, Hey, Nebuchadnezzar, did you hear? Did you see your three pets? Those princes that you assigned, they didn't fall down and worship. They don't worship your gods. And verse number three, we see his, I'm sorry, verse number 13, we see his demand, Nebuchadnezzar's demand. Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage and fury, Daniel 3.13, commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, is it true? O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, realize Nebuchadnezzar liked these guys. Do not ye serve my gods, he's asking them, nor worship the golden image which I have set up. He continues in this monologue. Now, if ye be ready, that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the image which I have made well. He's saying, if you do it, it's going to be good for you. But if ye worship not, I've given you a second chance now. Ye shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. And get this question, and who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Well, funny enough, Nebuchadnezzar, you're going to be introduced to him in just a moment. That God that you asked with such disdain and disgust dripping from your voice, such disbelief. Well, you're going to meet him. 
Nebuchadnezzar's demand, young men, guys, you're going to fall down and worship. But then we see the response, the no-nonsense discourse. You know, the world, they have no qualms often about telling you what they think. The Bible talks about how those of the world have very rapidly lost their shame. They don't even blush anymore. They'll post things online. They'll dream up and imagine the grossest, most heinous, most evil situations. I'm not even talking about video games or movies. I'm just talking about people's social media presence. Just the absolute most disgusting things. And then put them out there for all the world to see and read. The world has no issues with those things. It's about time Christians need to be bold enough to stand up and say, not our peace, but say God's peace. Verse number 16, here's their response to Nebuchadnezzar's demand. A no-nonsense discourse, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. Basically, they're saying, we don't really need to think about this. We, we don't need to huddle up and converse like they do on, what is it, Family Feud and family, they're all excited. And what do you think the best answer is? What should we tell them? What, what should we do? What should we tell? No, no, they, they just answered straight out. We're not careful. We already know why. We, the decision, uh, re, re, recognize this, great decisions are made before great decisions have to be made. They already had their mind made up. Nothing Nebuchadnezzar was saying was going to dissuade them. And so they say. O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter, if it be so. Our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. When do you think the last time that Nebuchadnezzar heard the word no or some form of it? He's the king. He's the one with all the power. He's the one that commissioned a 90-foot-tall statue. Do you think the royal architect and the design team said, Isn't that a little ostentatious, O king? Maybe we could get away with a a life-size statue. We could still make it of gold. Maybe we could even put it up on a pedestal for everyone to see. But do we really need a 90-foot-tall? No. No. Nobody counteracted him. Nobody said, I don't think that's wise. He probably hasn't been told no for a long, long time. And here, three Hebrew boys, I don't know if this was like a celebration, uh, Nebuchadnezzar's birthday party. I don't know if this massive image was a gift to himself or what. But either way, these guys are holding up the celebration and now it's time for somebody, three somebodies to burn. I tell you, they were no nonsense about it. There are some decisions in your life that need to be no nonsense, that need to be understood. For instance, let me me give you a personal illustration. My family, if we are not physically incapacitated, my family goes to church every time the doors are open. Where did I learn that from? I learned that from my parents. My parents, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, we were in a good Bible-believing church. It didn't matter... And let me, let me touch a sacred cow here. It didn't matter if we were on vacation or not. We went to church. 
we planned our vacations in such a way that we could either get back to our church or we found a good Bible-believing church in that area. I say, hold up a second. That sounds like you're really committed to something. Yeah, kind of does, doesn't it? Yeah, that decision was made a long time ago. The Bible says not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. That means be in church when the people are assembling. So let me ask you, what are some decisions you've already made that don't have to be remade again and again? That decision was made for the McCurry family before children came along, before inconveniences came along. Let me ask you, what are some things you're willing to stand up and believe regardless of circumstance? We will continue this discussion tomorrow right here on this broadcast. Thank you so much for listening. I pray, I hope, you have a great day for His glory. God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample packet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 188, Bloomington, Illinois, 61702. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.